Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're excited to be coming to you through this platform today. We hope that your heart is encouraged, that your faith is stirred by what God speaks to you today. God bless you. Enjoy the message. We are so glad that you are joining with us online right now. We're getting ready to have what I think is a really timely, relevant conversation. And you know all about it. You know that we're getting ready to talk about where is God in trouble. And when we say trouble, we're not just talking about it in a cavalier sense or in a lighthearted way, like I just stepped on my kid's toy or uh, someone honked, on, honked at me when I was sitting at a red light and I wasn't paying attention or something like that. But like in a very real sense, where is God when there is trouble in my life? And I'm looking forward to this conversation. I've been hearing from people for the last few weeks since we decided that this would be the conversation for today that have um, believed that God is speaking into this moment. Because uh, I think that the, the point that we need to make clear and the caveat for this conversation is that uh, people have been discussing this for thousands of years, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we will speak some wisdom today, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Prayerfully. Yes. Um, but these are things that people have been wrestling through for thousands of years. And so we're looking forward to this discussion today. Yeah, it's a perennial question. Uh, the perennial question is why do bad things happen to good people? Right. That there's a whole lot in that because um, sometimes it's almost like uh, we would like for some bad things to happen to bad people. Right. <laughs> and so, and um, so there are some people that it almost seems like, yeah, they deserve the bad, and that, that may be so. I've always tried to turn that question. The question to me is not what happens, why do bad things happen to good people? The question really is what happens to good people when bad things happen? Mm. And the, the simple answer to me is that they keep being good. Because if you keep being good, that's what makes you a good person. And being good will produce a reward. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And um, I know at some point um, you had made um, mention in our conversation about Gideon. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll go into a little bit of that here in, in a moment. And, um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I think a lot of people have those questions about, you know, why did this happen? And... Um, yeah, and so we don't want this just to be a conversation where we are talking at you, where you are a fly on the wall. You might want that to be the conversation for today, but we would love for you to be engaging with us right now. So you can, on whatever platform you're joining on, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or Periscope or even on our church website right now, we wanna encourage you to jump into the chat window right now. Let us know where you're joining from. Maybe drop an emoji into that comment section because we'd love to be able to engage with you. And if you have specific questions today, we wanna be able to have an opportunity to answer those questions today. Yeah. I, I'm reading through the Bible at the moment. You just mentioned this about, uh, about judges specifically in the yeah. story of Gideon. And we know about Gideon. We know uh, who he was and we know the things that he wrestled through. One of the things that stood out in my mind as I was reading this just a couple of weeks ago was uh, when Gideon was speaking to God and he said, why is there this trouble that's going on with our nation? Yeah. We know of the great things that you did. We know that you helped us out of Egypt. We've seen the great things that you've done over time, but why are there bad things that are happening to us right, right now? Why are we in captivity right now? And I think that's the question really that is in some ways, where is God in trouble? Yeah, and, and the fact of if we're talking, uh, as we are talking about um, the virus situation, just the fact that it is a global situation should tell you that God has, God is not singling out anyone. That uh, God is not looking for bad people to punish. Uh, it's global. 
and it's and it's and it's falling on the just and the unjust, just like it does when it when it rains. Um, let me just read this for for the context of uh, of some of you that may want to read through this uh, this week. Phil made uh, reference to it out of Judges chapter 6. Let me just read a few verses so you kind of see where we're going, and you might want to get some more out of it uh, this week. And it's Judges chapter 6, and it says, The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Midianites. And this went on for seven years. And, um, and it says here that, um, that, so they hid themselves in caves and dens, and they were on lockdown. That's what happened. And it was so that when, it, watch this, this is verse 3, and it was so that when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, the Amalekites and children of the east, and they came up against them. Verse number 6 says, and Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, uh, and they cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that, the God, that God then sent a prophet to the children of Israel and uh, he said, I'm the God that brought you out. In other words, I brought you this far. I'm going to take care of you. So, um, so to me, that's, that, that becomes a lot because um, a lot of times, I think what, what we are not often taught or think about is that a lot of times your battle comes at the time of harvest. It's interesting that the, the Midianites in this particular passage, they waited until Israel had sown. And then when it comes harvest time, then comes this attack. Yeah. And I think that, that being able to survive hardship, being able to press through something is the indication, is the indication that something is on the other side of this thing. Uh, uh, you, you don't have to, anything of value has to be protected. Anything of value attracts thieves. Anything, any, anytime there's a future, then there is an attack against that, whether it's a generation or a family. So I have tried to learn, not always good at it, but I have tried to learn that whenever I feel an attack, to know that you're not being punished for what you did, mm -hmm. you're being attacked for where you're going. That's great. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, is, a, this is an interesting thing um, because... People either see God, I believe, as punitive or redemptive. Yep. Um, if you see God as redemptive, this is the great thing about God. Even the things that God doesn't send, God will use mm -hmm. because he's redemptive. <laughs> he will enter into something that was sent to harm you and turn it into a weapon of your warfare for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be who you were had you not went through some of the trouble in your life that you've already been through, yep. which, is, which is why I think that God pointed out to them, I brought you up out of Egypt because they had that understanding of Egypt was, was the toughest time, but it also made them who they were. And I feel like what God was saying to them is you're not acting like who I know you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you do then? If you are in a tough time, let's say, because this is not a hypothetical conversation, right? This is not just the mm. theoretical conversation right now. We are all wrestling through the response to COVID-19. It might be impacting sure. you in different ways. You might have lost your job. You might be one of the 20 million Americans that have just applied for welfare and unemployment. You might be one of the many millions of people that are now working from home with your kids in the house as well. 
So how do you know then if you are in a difficult time because of something that you have done or if you are in a difficult time because of something that God has allowed? And should that, should that uh, impact the response that you have? Well, yes. If, 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 you, if you are in trouble, if we are in trouble, as we all have been or are, because of what we have done, that's called consequence. Mm-hmm. That's like jumping off of a roof and then blaming and saying God threw you to the ground. Sure. So, so we do things that, that bring consequence. Um, but even in that, even in that, God is so good. He doesn't always remove all the consequence, but he will deliver you out of that if you cry unto him. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible was clear that because the children of Israel had done evil in the sight of God, he, he, didn't, he, he just kind of took his hand back. Mm-hmm. Because we have a tendency to feel like we did everything and that we don't need God anymore. And then we have enough distractions, whether they be sporting events, I love sports, whether it's music, concerts, I love music, whether it's uh, whatever it is, we have all of these distractions, all these noise. I love to go to the movies, you know, and, mm-hmm. and see movies, and I, I'm, a, I'm a movie person. I like going to movies. All of them things are shut down. I, I want to I give you a quote. I wish I had said this, but I didn't. A guy who's way smarter than me, C.S. Lewis, uh-huh. he said that in pleasure, God whispers to us, and in pain, he shouts. And he said that God shouts that pain is God's megaphone to arouse a deaf world. Wow. Man, I'm going home now. See y'all, I got to go pray. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, that's something. Yep. So, so I, I say that to be careful because I see God as redemptive. Sure. And there are many things that we face in the world are human consequence. Yep. And, and they move in in levels because mm-hmm. we have we have a discomfort level okay things are not comfortable but then we move into disruption mm-hmm. where we have a social disruption sure. and then if you don't manage that then it leads into depression mm-hmm. so so I, 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 I I'm very careful because so many things are man-made but in these moments I mean I haven't seen in my lifetime people kneeling and praying in the streets right. yeah. globally. Sure. I don't know if you saw the ones in Brazil and everywhere. All I mean, just all over the world. Yeah. And uh, people, Christians, walking the, the parking lots of hospitals. Mm-hmm. Man, we should have been doing that all the time. Right. That's one of the things that I've realized in this is that our response to this, I think, as churches around the world has been great. The reminder for me is that these are things that we should be doing all along. The ways that we're acting now, the ways that we're uniting together as churches all over the world, the ways that we're working, the ways that we're reaching our community, these are the things that we should have been doing. And I think that God is allowing this, God didn't send this situation, right, as you've said, but God is allowing this to disrupt the way that we have been doing life, the way that things that we've been I would almost say he's using this. I mean, there's always the old age, old, what any, I mean, what happens that God ultimately has not allowed? Sure. Some of it, um, well, I'm gonna, I, I don't want to get off track because when you were saying that about things that we should always be doing, I want to have like a viral um, moment of repentance. Huh. Because I, when, I've been doing a lot of talking with pastors and Zoom chats and on the phone sure. globally. Um, 
and I started, and, and I was listening to pastors and leaders, and I totally hear what they're saying, because so many people are not saying, oh, I miss my sporting event, or I miss the movies. Mm -hmm. They're saying, I miss my church family. And it made me think that for a long time, church became one of my Sunday options. We might go to brunch. We might call it a family day. We might go camping. We might go to the soccer games and the softball, whatever. Or we might go to church. Mm -hmm. Because so many people took it for granted that anytime you roll up here on a Sunday, we're just going to be here. And so, and I agree with that. And I think that that's one of the things we're going to get out of this is we're going to learn to value our times whenever we can get together. But then I started thinking about it's not just it's not just members. And I really felt God convicting me about how many times I probably came to not not probably how many times I came to church just expecting somebody to be sitting out there. Yeah. And so I was thinking like. Man, I need to repent from that because um, you start missing every face. You start missing, and you have all these memories and, and reels of tape that go on in your mind. Mm-hmm. You might be, uh, those of you that are with us right now, might be having similar experiences, whatever they may be. But if it, if it, if it would have broken too fast, if it lasted for one week, sure. two weeks, that's not enough time to really get to some things that, that are buried. So I'm thinking, I think I, I, I think I said it to Jason the other week when we, when we were texting or talking, and I said to him, we're going to come out of this when we figured out why we got into it. Wow. That's when we're coming out, yeah. when we figure out how we got into it. Yeah. So, so having said that, then to, to properly answer your question altogether, is that there are things that are done that are human consequences. And, and I, I don't want to get too deep in all of this, but just I want you to think about it. Because this to me is, is part of the answer that God did not do this. Mm-hmm. And God is not doing that. The concept that, that God sends tsunamis um, on poor people mm-hmm. and floods the eighth ward of Hurricanes New Orleans and, right, right. Um, is a foolish concept. Most of these, some of these are human conditions. Um, if you build homes below sea level, <laughs> then you're at risk. If you build houses on fault lines, mm-hmm. it's not that God tore the house down. It's that the earth is groaning and we live in a fallen world. And some of it, I would say, is a result. Some things are a result of us not properly stewarding the planet that God put us on. If we over farm it, over fish it, over pollute it, over and mistreat it, then it's going to respond back to us at some level. So that's just a long way of me saying, God is a good God. Yes. God is a good God, and He will He will bring us through. Yeah, He's so redemptive, and and I think we see the answer in some ways in Judges six fourteen as Gideon and, and God are wrestling through that, and God says to Gideon, "Go in the strength that I have yeah. given you and save Israel." Yeah. Go in the strength that I have given you. You are the solution. Go be the solution in your community. And I think that's one of the answers as we wrestle through this. God, where are you in this? God is working through you. Yes. It's, it's very, very incredible because the question, where is God in trouble? Well, he's there with you. <laughs> Gideon just didn't know it. Right. And, and part of the thing about, 
about trouble. This, this is so, so odd about the way that faith works in my heart and mind because when, when you approach me as, or when someone approaches me with the concept of trouble, I can't help but find the good in it. <laughs> Because um, David even said one time, it was good for me that I was afflicted mm. because I learned to trust the Lord, all of those things. But, but I started thinking about this. Think about this. In trouble, Gideon found out that God was with him. And in trouble, he found out who he was. Mm. He didn't know who he was. So there he is in his cave or underground and whatever, all, all the stuff he's doing because it's harvest time and the enemy has come. And he says, he calls him a mighty man, the angel of the Lord, calls him a mighty man of valor. Mm -hmm. And he's looking around, who are you talking to? Right, yeah. You know, my family's poor and I'm with the smallest. And he said, go in this thy might. And here's, and this is the answer. This is verse 16. For God said, and I will be with you. Where is God in trouble? He is with you. He is a very present help, very present help in the times of trouble. Sometimes God is with us and we don't see it and we don't know it and we don't know who we are. Mm -hmm. We don't know what we're capable of. We don't know how strong we are. I have never spent 30 days in a row all day long at home with Kathy. <laughs> how strong is your marriage? I am, I am so strong. <laughs> Your marriage is so strong. <laughs> Our marriage is so strong. We're eating up everything in the house, and um, we're ha we're having a good time. And uh, I'm I'm smiling a little bit about it, but it's but it's a very uh, tense time, sometimes. But th there's a couple things that people are getting out of it. I think one thing is, whew, this is this is maybe I'm just going to drop this on a Sunday morning, but sometimes God is allowing you to see what was already going on but you weren't paying attention or you were busy. You didn't know that your kids were wrapped up in a particular harmful video game. Wow. You didn't know that they, they, maybe they look at their screen all day long. You didn't know that you and your wife or your family had not had a family dinner together mm -hmm. in a year and a half. Right. It, it was already going on, but now it's, David said, 23rd Psalm, he maketh me to lie down mm. <laughs> in green pastures. And it feels to me, that's, see, see, the devil is not in charge of my life. Right. I don't believe that you, you take God's hand and start walking with him, and then sooner or later you turn around and, oh, the devil's now leading me. Yeah. You know, like God's played bait and switch on you. I don't believe that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, but he does make me to lie down. And just because the Lord is my shepherd doesn't mean I don't go through a valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. But I will fear no evil because he is with me. Yeah. He is with me. So someone needs to know today, you ought to put your hand right here on yourself and say he is with me. And if you're battling it in your mind, put your hand on your head and just confess it over yourself and say, the Lord, he is with me. Yeah. Put your hands on your children, your husband or your wife. One of you may be stronger right now at any given moment. Put your hand on your husband or your wife and say, the Lord is with us. Yeah. The Lord is with us. So I think in, in some ways you can't truly know how strong your faith is until it is tested. True. Right. And so... You know, we've talked about whether it's God that's allowing or a God that's using it. It's easy to have faith when things are going well. 
It's easy to love your spouse when life is good. It's easy to love your children when they're listening to you. When they're at school. When they're at school and you only see them for a few <laughs> hours out of the day. Right? It's, it's easy to have faith when God is treating you well, as you might understand it, when your situation is going well, when your circumstances are in line. And I think often we think my life is going good, therefore my God is good. Therefore my God wow. loves me. Beautiful. But if those things are not true, if my situation is not good. Just say that one more good. time. Somebody needs to, we need to give someone time to write that down or put that in their phone. That was, yeah, yeah. That was well said and it's succinct and it is so true. Yeah. That when my life, say when, that. When my life is good, when my situation is good, when my circumstance is good, we think that God is good. Yeah. But God is bigger than the situation and the circumstance that you're in. And so you might be wrestling through that because you think, well, God is good because my situation is good. But if my situation is bad, if I've just been laid off, if I know someone that just passed away from this thing, maybe God isn't good. Maybe doesn't, God doesn't care for me right now. Yeah. So how do you answer those questions? Well, there, there are people whose situations have never been good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God does not live in America. Yeah. There are people all over the world who have struggled for food since they came out of the womb. There, there is a, a, a locust plague going on in East Africa yeah. that they said that the cloud of locusts is as big as Manhattan. Mm -hmm. um, there are people that have never had access to clean water, never had health care, right. never had shelter. Yeah. That, doesn't, that doesn't have, that, that, does, that has no bearing on who God is. Right. It has to do with the way that we treat each other and the way that we steward what God has given us as a global family. Yeah. There, is, there is way too much for as much ill will to be going on in the world. You said something about um, that it's easy to live by faith when things are going well. Yeah. Talk about it. And what I would like to say to just maybe turn that into this phrase, I think we assign to faith that we're living by faith when things are going well. Mm. And we, we didn't really get there by faith. Mm -hmm. We got there because things are going well. Mm -hmm. And so we say, man, my faith is working. Things are going well. And then when things go bad, then we find out where our faith really is. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me, um, let me, let me go in, into this thing because I'm, I'm stuck on this Gideon thing. Mm -hmm. This thing with Gideon is incredible because he says, I will be with you. And so... So here's, here's the thing, because this is, this is the segue of whether things are, are, are good or how we estimate them. Gideon finally comes around to the point where his faith is at the level of, okay, we got 30,000 guys. We can do this. Now he's, he's still in the math zone. He's still in the math zone. Got to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Okay, God can use 30,000 of us. Then, you know, the, the first one is, okay, if, if you're bound by fear, then 22,000 people. I have ran people off from my church in my life. I have never preached one message and ran 22,000 people off. <laughs> Maybe over 35 years I might be in that number. But, but to, in one, one sentence, he runs 22. Can you imagine what that would, I mean, seriously, you're standing in front of 30,000 people. You make one declaration, 22,000 of them walk away. So now he's sitting there. See, what, what's happening now is logic and faith are being replaced. Uh. So, so now he's down to 9,700. Well, 
10,000. He's down to 10,000. But logic, so his logic comes down. Faith goes up a little bit and says, okay, we'll do it with 10,000. God might be doing something. God might be doing something. We can do it with the 10,000. So faith comes up a little bit. Logic is going down a little bit. God says, take them to the water. Whoever puts, whoever puts their face down in the water, send them out. Whoever brings the water up. And he's looking around. He ends up with 300 men. Now logic is gone. Logic is gone, and faith has to be here. So here's, here's, here's something that I heard. Um, thanks for hanging out with us on Sunday morning. I don't think y'all have any place to go, do you? I mean, you know, we're just going to hang out here for a little bit. You know, I am so, I am so used to being uh, in, the, in church that I'm, I'm looking at the clock trying to figure out how much time I have left, and I'm, I'm looking up there at the clock. But listen, listen to this, because I think this is really a word for somebody. That... Um, during these times, it's important who you're joined to and who joins themselves to you. David's, David had 400 men that joined themselves to him in the cave of Adullam. Mm -hmm. People pay attention who joins themselves to you when you're in a cave. And when Gideon is isolated or on lockdown, then he comes out of this. Basically, I think what God was telling him, because it was, it's, it's in the scripture, those that are with you are too many. Here's what happens. During these kind of times, there are some people that God has been trying to shake out of your world and you didn't know how to let go of them. I bet you can let go of them now. Mm -hmm. God's like, okay, you got too many, you know, of this. And there were, but there are other people that are going to be added to you. Yeah. And that happens during these kind of moments. Okay, okay. Some of you may have uh, a, a, a son that has a girlfriend that you're not too happy about. You have a daughter that has a boyfriend that you don't know how to get her to leave him alone. Well, they left alone now. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's, it's amazing how God can shake some of that loose. Okay, so that's the fun part. But let me say this because this is really important. Mm -hmm. This is where Gideon becomes a leader. Mm -hmm. Wow. I heard this for, for you and Meredith. Okay. I heard this for you and Meredith. We're so proud of you guys. Thank you. So honored that God would bring you from Australia. Mm -hmm. um, every, every dad knows what I'm talking about. If you have a daughter, you have a lot of prayers about who God <laughs> is going to send into your, sure. your son or your daughter's life. But I realized that leaders are made in trouble. The Bible said about, um, about Jacob, you know, when the Lord was, again, the Lord is in this place. I just didn't know it had the ladder, angels ascending and descending. In times of trouble, some people ascend and some people descend. It's amazing who walks into the center stage to play a starring role in your life during trouble. They just didn't have an opportunity to let you know how much, how for you they were. Mm -hmm. I, I often reflect, I'm still coming back to this. I, I often reflect upon the history of Cornerstone Church. That's so what you do is you get older, you get, get nostalgic, and you think about things. Start telling more stories. Start telling more stories. These young people. And, you know. And so I, I was thinking about the numbers of people that have been with us since our storefront mm -hmm. and the numbers of people that have been here for 20 years or more. Yeah. And are online right now. Are online right now. Yeah. That, I mean, they've probably heard everything that I ever had to say, and they, they, they're still right here. Still here. You know what it made me think about? They didn't. 
they, they didn't come here for the lights. And they didn't come here for that screen. They joined themselves in a cave. This is the first building that we have ever had that didn't have fluorescent lights. Our storefront had fluorescent lights. The Burn Hill Plaza had fluorescent lights. Mm -hmm. Airport Highway, we just had fluorescent lights. You turn lights. on with one switch. You could flip on in one switch. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to say is I'm so, I'm, I'm so thankful for our members. For those of you that are friends and family of Cornerstone, some of you are globally, some of you are locally, yeah. that pray with us, stand with us, give into projects, and have for years. And the way that that builds a culture so that, so I'm, I'm, the last time we were in physical gatherings, I was looking out there and seeing so many new young couples and, and things of that nature. I'm seeing all kind of people. But the culture is already built that we're all on, on the bus and everybody's just leaned in. And though we miss the faces, I'm forever grateful, especially for people, because when people join themselves to you in trouble, mm -hmm. whew, some people will, will drop you like a hot potato in trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, they will, they will turn you loose so fast. But, but you remember the people that run to you in trouble, yeah. in the cave. And um, that's where leaders... Are developed, and this is this is what I was really thinking about. I know we could just do this over uh, coffee at my house, yeah. but we're going to do it in front of everybody. Sure. But, but I had this. Uh, I coffee had coffee at God's house. Coffee at God's house, Same. right here. Hang on a second. All right. Oh, don't even be at your house laughing because I know you're sitting in your pajamas, <laughs> and you got a BLT in front of you or something. I know what you're doing. In <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But um, in trouble is where leaders come mm -hmm. um, because people look to leadership in trouble. Who's leading them? Winston Churchill became famous mm -hmm. because of trouble, because he was just, you know, how he would do. Mm -hmm. um, I was in Israel, the nation of Israel, and uh, it was, I was taken by how, how still to this day, David is the most beloved king ever in, of Israel's history. Mm -hmm. they, they st you used to have the King David Hotel. You got the David Coffee Shop. You got, you know, all that. You ain't got no Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego <laughs> Coffee Shop. Everything is David this, David that. Because he was the most beloved. Mm. Because, but he came to the forefront in a crisis mm -hmm. of Goliath. Yep. And um, I just want to let someone know... A, that you're leading something. You just don't know it. Mm -hmm. You just don't know it. And that's where Gideon finds out who he is. And I'm telling you something, that what's happening in our communities and in our nation and globally mm -hmm. is ascending and descending. Mm -hmm. Because we're finding out who people really are in trouble. Yeah. And leadership stands up in trouble. And I've watched you and Meredith get out on the front end of this thing. And I thank God for the team that we have. Sure. Yeah. Because you don't want to go into trouble with a bunch of fools. Mm -hmm. Oh, my Lord. No, you don't want to do that. This is what, this is the lesson. I'm still in the Bible, really. This is the lesson of Gideon. Those that are with you are too many. You can't get, you can't deal with this trouble if you have too many people. It's not the number of people that you have with you. It's the quality of the people that you have with yeah. you. Yeah, it yeah. only takes a few hundred 
quality people to move something. Sure. And um, so I say that to commend you guys and, and our team, because here's what I do know. In times of trouble, people are not looking for theatrics. They're looking for stability, mm-hmm. strength, integrity. And uh, it's not the time for everybody to try to be being cool mm-hmm. and coming up with a new little slogan and all kind of, you know, foolishness. And uh, I have watched you, and, may, and, and you should speak to this for a moment, because I was going to ask you the question mm. of, um, as, as most everyone knows, last October at conference, you and Meredith became lead pastors here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm bishoping, and, um, and you guys are doing an incredible job and in building the team, and all the team is doing great. I came in here today, and um, all of our team is, is doing what they're doing, and I'm just thinking, like, I miss these people, mm-hmm. and, um, but I'm so glad to see them and hear them today. It's so, it's so great to have this ability to speak so that you can see our faces. I didn't realize what that meant the other the other evening Kathy and I have a ministry friend that had a birthday Mm -hmm. and her family or their family organized a virtual birthday party all right and so we we zoomed into it and uh it was ministry friends that most of us have known each other for a long time Mm -hmm. and we just sat on there and laughed and talked back and forth and people were telling stories and it made me realize how how powerful it is to see the faces of people that you care about to hear the voices of people that you care about Mm -hmm in these times and um so that's part of why we continue to come Mm -hmm. through this particular medium so that you can see our faces and know that we're smiling we 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 want stuff to to move out the way we're just like you are we're people but but we're we're strengthened in it so i say that to commend you because you and meredith have not jumped into a role I, i was thinking about it like, how would, you, how would you like this, this to be your first thing? <laughs> Phil and Meredith are lead pastors and helping to lead our campuses. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, Lord, the Lord says, let's... Um, you can you s- swim? Can you swim? Can you we swim? can just drop you into the deep end of it. And you guys have, have really and are really doing an incredible job. And I just wanted to commend you for that. But to ask you the mm-hmm. question, because someone else might be might be going through a first something in their life. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like to you to be dropped into a leadership role mm-hmm. and then to have to manage this kind of a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great question. It makes you have to think about the different spheres and the circles that God has put you in. The, the circle of control that you might have, the circle of influence, the circle of concern that you might have, and to be thinking about what do I have control over? What things should I be caring about? What things should I be concerned about? And put my attention and focus on those things because it can be tempting to put your attention on the virus. It can be a tempting it can be tempting to put your attention on what is happening outside of my control, but if I can't control it, I shouldn't be putting all my attention and focus on it. I'm aware of what the news is saying, but I don't watch the news for hours every day because that would kill my faith. Sure. I'm aware of what the news is saying. I'm aware of what is going on out there, but I am working on the things that are inside my control. Yeah. And the way that I can do that and the way that I, I think that I can do that confidently is to stand on the shoulders who have gone before us. 
knowing that this is not the first time that something has happened. This is not the first time that the church has been attacked. This is not the first. I mean, I, I just have to look back to the first church and I think we have it better than that. We can still have church. We can still gather together and reach people. No one's throwing stones at us. We're not being crucified right. until they run out of trees. Right. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not under a Caesar or a Herod. Yeah. Caesar and Herod, the only time they became friends was when they were trying to crucify Jesus. They couldn't stand each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they became friends when they, when they were crucifying Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, and so everyone was afraid. My way of saying leadership is um, you're having an opportunity. I'm going to tie all these together, and then, and then I want to have a prayer, if you can help me here, because, um, yeah. Because there are people who find yourself in the place that these guys were in by which um, maybe you used to serve God, you weren't paying attention to God, you thought you were living by faith but things were just going good, you got kind of distracted and moved away and all those kind of things. And, um, but the Bible said that because of the pressure that they cried unto the Lord. This is the whole tying it all together. And when they cried unto the Lord, he sent them a leader. King James word prophet. Think about this for a moment. Isaiah 30 says that when you have the bread of affliction and the water of trouble, your teachers will be hid no more. And you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk you in it. Sometimes we don't know who our who really, who leaders are until the trouble comes. They didn't know that there was a prophet in their midst. God sent unto them a prophet because they cried unto him. And some people are crying out unto the Lord right here and right now. And you're saying, I'm coming home. We want to say to you, welcome home. I want you to know that God is standing just like that. Arms open wide. He's not mad. He's not mad. And if you're, if you're going to, come home in your heart today rededicate return repent remember if you're doing that if you just let us know we have somebody check on you we'll have somebody pray again with you we'll make sure that you have all all of the, the things working in your life to get you into that direction When, when Gideon got his 300 together, he became, you, you see him as a leader. This is what I really see. This is kind of a prophetic thing. And I've been really careful during this time not to kind of drop out some little prophecies. And a lot of people, you know, have little rhymes or whatever they do. Because I like to let something cook until I hear it. But I'm hearing that when we come out on the other side, this is, this is a time of repositioning. Some people have been out in front, but they're not supposed to be out in front. Some people think that they're, they're up here just because they have a, a phone and a Facebook Live page. And I'm not, I'm not, I do my own Facebook Lives. I'm not, I'm not saying everybody on Facebook Live. I'm saying some people are out there prematurely. Some people are too inexperienced. Some people are just trying to be cool. Some people are just making themselves apostles, prophets, fans, whatever, whatever, whatever. And they all appear. But now we're in trouble. And now the Lord says, those that are with you are too many. You need to get all, you need to figure out who your leaders are. And so, so 
leaders are rising. Leaders in our community are rising. I, I take no, no joy in it, no joy in it. But there, there are groups, uh, 501c3s and businesses and organizations, places that we would eat at and, and friends of ours. I take no joy in it. But some of them were not ready for this. None of us saw it coming. None of us saw it coming. But God at least has given us the foresight to be strong. And, um, and so I think in our communities, I think in our religious communities, I think in our business communities, angels are ascending and descending. And I declare, now, now I'm in the real prophetic thing now. Yeah. Now I declare that this is the season of you and Meredith's ascension. That God, certainly he didn't send any trouble to make a big deal out of you guys any more than he would for anybody else. But the trouble presented the opportunity for you to ascend and to find your place throughout this territory and this community. And God is highlighting you because he's bringing you out and putting you into the front and saying, I will be with you. Go in this your strength because the Lord is with you. Yeah. David was not more anointed in front of Goliath than he was out there with those sheep. God had to bring a Goliath to the situation so that everybody could see in public what God had already done in private. And we don't know who you are until trouble hits. And private, private, here we go. Private faithfulness being, brings public promotion. And we have too many people trying to go for public promotion that don't have private faithfulness. But when you've been faithful over a little, this is for somebody, it's for you guys, but it's also for you. When you've been faithful over a little, God will make you ruler over much. I just said something right there. I need somebody to know that everything that is built by faith has to be tested. Everything that is built by faith has to be tested. The question is not, can Noah build an ark? The question is, can the thing float? The question is not, did two houses get built? The question is, can it stand a storm? Anything built by faith has to be tested. People are ascending or descending based on what they do in trouble. And it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of leaders. It just takes the right leaders. It matters who you connect yourself to, especially in times of trouble. Times of trouble, you've got to have consistency and stability. I can't be around nervous people. I can't be around nervous people when I'm in trouble. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to have aggressive to have an aggressive enemy and a passive friend. When it, it's a terrible thing to have a global pandemic and not have leaders of faith yeah. that know how to put their feet down and say, God is going to bring us through this. Yeah. God brought us out of Egypt. That's what he told. God brought us out of Egypt. God's brought us through this. God brought us through that. And he will, God is faithful. Yeah. He is faithful. It doesn't take a whole lot. Mm -hmm. It just takes those that are that are connected. I want to share one thing as well real quick. As I was praying for you at home, this is just yesterday that I received this from God. And I was reminded of how at the beginning of this year, we were praying 
about double being our portion, believing that this year, 2020, would be a year for double for us, double in prosperity, double in relationships, double in opportunity, double in joy. And I, I heard from God, people are wrestling with that word right now because it's easy to pray for double when things are going well. It's easy to believe for something great when we haven't had opposition strike that word. And I was reminded of the story of Job. We've been talking about Gideon so far today, but I was reminded Job, of the story of Job. Yeah, Job is, he's in a class by himself. He's next level, right? <laughs> and so, you know, the story of Job where all kinds of opposition came against him. He lost his, his livestock, he lost his family. All kinds of things happened to Job. But Job comes on the other side of that situation with double. Yeah. And so I was reminded of that word, and I believe that that word is still true for you today, that double is still your portion, double joy that you haven't experienced before, double in relationships, double in opportunity. Hang on to that word because it is still true for you today. You know, and, and we quote this, but let's think about it in context. We always say, because the scripture says, God will give you double for your trouble. Right. So it's what you do in trouble that determines what you're going to get double for. Yeah. And so everyone that's with us, two things. One is a, for every person that can to sow something. And of course, you know, I always like to talk about, because I, I started hearing this thing on, on Thursday that I'm going, to, I'm going to do on the night shift. And, um, and the prayer service is coming up. The prayer, the prayer service is going to be incredible. We have our Cornerstone Global Network from a little bit of everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, we have special friends that are joining us from all over the place, special music and prayers and all kinds of things. That's gonna be good. It's going to be, it's be an, a great thing. But here comes a prayer for you. And this prayer for you is that your mural barrel will never run dry. That your faith will stand up. That no matter what's going on in your life, that God's going to put a yes in your spirit yes. and he's going to put a praise in your atmosphere yeah. and he's going to release blessing blessing upon your life and he's going to release something over your family yeah. and over your children and that your best days <laughs> and your blessed days somebody ought to say I'm ascending I'm ascending ascending I'm ascending I hope that message meant something to you and that it means something in your days to come. Yeah, if this message has blessed you and you want to sow into the ministry of Cornerstone Church, you can do so from wherever you are today. Simply jump on our website at cornerstone.church and you can find the link there so that you can give in whatever way is most convenient to you. And we'll see you back here next time.